laying down here figuring early morning here before I tell you these sometimes these mornings when I can't sleep or wake up early because my mind just rolling you know, for the last couple of days here I've been feeling something in my bones. I've been feeling a change, a change coming on. Up. Almost like a preparation. It's like a. I've always had in a feeling of when a change is coming. You know, like some folks, some folks get that rheumatism. They used to say back in the old days. Like they know if it's going to rain or something like that because they can feel it in their bones. Well, it may kind of sound kind of crazy, but I always know when it's time to prepare for change. Even as a little fella, you know, almost like that song Phil Collins. I can feel it in the air. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. A lot of us, we're not good at looking at signs, you know. We're not good at looking at our environment. You know, we are so preoccupied with, you know, with that cell phone. Like they say, man, you know, we're not in touch with our environment anymore. Well, if we weren't before, we, we're a long way from in touch with our environment. But I kind of sense that we are in touch with the environment that we have created. Not the natural earthly environment. You know, the sun, wind. We're definitely not in touch with that anymore. The sounds around us. But this artificial world that we have created you know, with technology, it's not so much that we're not in touch anymore or in touch with it. Is that we're so distracted. You know, I'm sitting in my garage yesterday, eating, and I went and rolled my bike up to the little square up there, had me some ice cream by myself. Came home, opened my garage door up, got my little chair, you know, put my little fan on in the garage and, you know, and sit there in front of the door and smoke me a nice cigar and I was just relaxing. I ain't have no cell phone and no radio or no technology communication or nothing, even when I rode my bike. I just didn't want to hear anything. See, sometimes I think, you know, I always say, like, you got to clean your palate sometimes. So when I ride my bike, I don't want to hear anything. I want to hear the sounds around me when I ride my bike through my beautiful neighborhood. I want to hear the sounds. And so I came and sit there in my garage and I spoke in my cigar and, Looking at the cars and the neighbors, 
they all walking and they see me, they stop by, they so nice, they stop by and uh, they talks to me and then they go on about their walk and I just keep smoking my little cigar and I'm just sitting there. And I'm sitting there by myself, like I said, and I'm thinking to myself that, you know what, out of all the mistakes, I shouldn't say mistakes, out of all the bad decisions that I made in my life, look where I'm sitting. Look where I'm sitting. Three ex-wives. I don't know how many living girlfriends. I don't know how many women I done been with. Through them drunken days when I used to drink and just just so out of control. All the times I didn't sidestep probably being in prison somewhere. All the money I didn't lost with bad decisions, not just the money that I didn't lost being married and you no know, getting married, you know, because it costs to get married. Being married in a marriage, it costs to be in a marriage because you you written. You know, I always say you written that woman. You gotta pay notes on her, you gotta pay upkeeps on her every month. You know what I mean? You gotta pay them house bills, light bills, them phone bills, them car notes. You know, feeding her, getting her them things she wants to make her happy. Like the other day I was at work waiting on this gentleman to come in that I had to escort and I was in the main lobby and um you know, one of the guys I know, him and his wife, I guess she's a nurse there, they were in the main lobby having lunch, which was surprising to me. You know, how y'all eating lunch in the main lobby? You know, but certain folks can do that. I'm just going to put it like that. And, hey, you know, you guys in the main lobby and y'all talking in the main lobby is waiting on folks to come in. And she's telling him about what she want him to do. You know, she want him to put a, you know, a, a subflow into the house. She want him to tear down walls and all this kind of stuff. And he's just sitting there listening. And I'm listening because I'm not invading y'all privacy. Y'all, you know, y'all in a public space here. So I'm listening while I'm waiting on this guy to come in. And I'm thinking to myself, God, dog. You know, besides I know how many kids they got Thinking to myself, man, that show is an expensive woman he got there. All that stuff she talking about, she want walls torn out and they got to get permits. And he said, well, I can do that kind of work. And and he said, no, I can't do that kind of work because, you know, you got to put a, a beam up because it's a load-bearing wall and all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm saying to myself, man, look at the kind of stuff we get ourselves into. Can you imagine all the things that we are taught when we coming up about these material things and relationships and all this stuff? And I'm listening to this. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going back in my past. How simpler life is, how we complicate things in our life.
And I can hear in his voice, because I know the gentleman, I know his wife, and I can hear in his voice, she doing all the talking, so I know who runs the house. And he's a soft-smoke-spoken guy. And he's just giving her rebuttals of what he can and can't do and what may be costly, but she's still saying this is what she wants. Eventually he say, okay, we can take a look at it, baby. And I'm going through my head, thinking to myself, this is the kind of woman, probably every six months, she wants new furniture. Or she wants the house remodeled. Then they got like one, two, then they got about three or four grown kids. Really, really nice folks. Really nice folks. I really like them. But I'm thinking to myself, as a man, boy, the things that we, a good man, a good responsible man is what I'm talking about here. The things that we have to do. Because what we want, we want sex. Now in his life, in his eyes, the only thing he wanted when he first got that woman, he just wanted some sex. But see, she had a big, bigger picture about security, which is nothing wrong with that. But it's this thing that we do here in this country, the things that we get used to, and then things that we pass on. Because my thinking is, we have had it so comfortable, at least in my lifetime. See, like these young folks, I ain't talking about all this slavery stuff and marching and how bad things is. To me, things ain't bad. Now, things may be bad where you at for whatever reason, but things ain't bad. We haven't seen bad in this country, at least in my 57 years here on Earth. Now, yeah, we we, we have seen bad, but we haven't seen, in the last, put it like this here, in the last, I would say, I was in the last 90, 94, 96 years that I can recollect. And what I, what I say about that much time is I'm thinking about my grandmama who just passed at 96. I'm thinking about her. So she told me, we don't have it as bad in this country as other folks have it and have had it. We have progressed in this country a whole lot. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, man, we have progressed in this country. Even black folks have progressed a lot. Through all the obstacles and the races and all that stuff and all that stuff that happened, black people still were progressing really good. Now, all of a sudden, the walls is coming down. And this is what I told somebody a few years ago. I told, and everything is great. You know, because somebody was, was talking about the morality of people. That people by nature are good. Matter of fact, this was during my church days. You know, the Bible says people are evil. We born in sin. And the one guy was saying, no, he said people are good by nature. And I say to both of them, no, people are animals. We ain't nothing but animals and we don't want to admit that we animals because we have this high and mighty standard about ourselves. That like when folks get rich, they say they get all high and mighty. 
They come from the gutter, but then they get rich, they get high and mighty. Well, we came from the dirt as animals, while in the dirt, and now we have this high and mighty standard ourselves because we can build cell phones and we can build towels and we can build uh, ships to get us, you know, out of lower orbit, in the lower orbit and out of lower orbit. We have this high standard. We ain't animals. You know, we ain't, we, we not like the monkeys and the lizards and stuff like that. We smarter than them. But like I always tell people, take all this technology and stuff out of your hands and put your butt bone naked in their environment. Which animal will survive? To get naked and afraid, you'll see which animal survive. survive. Now, we all adapt. Even animals adapt. But change. I'm sitting up here, all this stuff going through my head, just change. Look where I'm sitting now. Nobody would expect. I shouldn't say nobody. I'm going to say expect to myself. When I was back down there in Louisiana, sitting in that old house by myself. Just digging. What would my life be from now when I get older? What I'm going to be? What I'm going to do? And now, I'm sitting in my garage smoking on my cigar, thinking about when I was young in that garage, not thinking that I was smart enough, no, not thinking that I can talk to folks. I was, you know, I can communicate, articulate with folks. No, not thinking my reading was good. And man, where am I going to be in the future? That's a little fella. Because I spent a lot of time as a little fella alone by myself. And I enjoyed my space inside my own head. And that what folks say a lot of time. And my brother say, you never appreciate your privacy until somebody else invades it. My privacy is inside my own head. That's where my peace is at. And I always came out of that peaceful state of mind when I let folks invade, invade it. And what I mean by invade, I mean when I conform to let somebody into my space or my head, this is when I get all off track. So as I'm sitting in the garage figuring on out of all the things, that I have done that was worse, that wasn't conducive to a positive outcome, I'm still sitting here. Now, let me tell you something now. Of course, I haven't been through a lot more things than a whole lot of other folks. But other folks' experience to come up and come out of or not is theirs. I'm, as a little fella, coming up I can only deal with my experiences so like I always say sometimes you know my experience might not be as hard as yours but my experience is one that I had to deal with now I'm so grateful that 
when I was drinking that I've always had a strong will to just stop. To look at the negative part of me and just stop. I've always had that strong will. And that's even with dealing with people. I've always had a strong will. When I'm dealing with people that's not healthy to me, I can just stop. Just stop dealing with them. Especially when I get that time to sit back in my own space. It's like, to me, I move a hundred miles a minute when there's a lot of noise inside my head. When I can't focus. Or when I'm distracted with something, like when I'm distracted with alcohol, drinking, running the street from state to state, running them little gals. Man, just out of control. I think to myself, man, it was so many incidents where I could have been dead or I could have been shot by the police because I had shotguns in the car and all. And the police would have been justified. The police would have been justified to shoot me back in the day. Because I was a drunken fool with guns and trying to. They would have been justified. I had all that noise in my head thinking that I had to be like other folks. You see, when you look at other folks and think that you got to raise to the standard of other folks, that's when you start doing things unhealthy. But I've always had the ability to stop. To stop, put myself in a position where I'm by myself where I can clear my head of the noise. 1990, when I stopped drinking, I just stopped. January the 1st, 1990. Locked myself away from friends, family, everybody. Went to work and came home, that's it. Got rid of everything that was associated with drinking inside my head and cleared my head and came out start succeeding but the one thing that I didn't clear my head of the one thing has always been a setback for me is when I get involved with things that takes too much of my time where I can't clear my head and I'm sitting in my garage and again I'm thinking about change Like each of my ex-wives. When I think about each one of them. The minute that I got married, I knew that this marriage ain't going to last. Because I felt that, man, I got myself in a situation where I done put somebody in my space that's invade my space it doesn't give me the clarity that I need the peace that I need because I'm not supposed to be here now I'm I'm thinking about this in my garage yesterday see in the past I thought about that this is what a man is supposed to do a man is supposed to be married a man is supposed to have kids a man is supposed to take on all this debt see women are debts to a man and even a man marry a man he's still a debt those are debts Those are not liabilities. 
When you get married, you think about it. You get married. You get married for convenience. That's what you get married for. You get married for convenience because you say to yourself, I don't want to be alone, so at least I have somebody here. You know, in the beginning, you know, I get me some sex in the beginning, so I don't have to go out the street and look for any. So, you know, I have me a companion, I'm good, but most people that's married ain't even together. Wife in one room, husband in another room. If y'all can set up a camera in marriage folks' house, you'll be surprised what you see. You'll be surprised. You set up a camera in most married folks' house, especially if they've been married over uh, over a few years. Like you see people now, 25 years, 12, 13 years married and getting get divorced. I'm sitting in my garage smoking my cigar, thinking to myself, man, this is the peace that I always enjoyed. This is the peace I always enjoy. But in the past, I've wasted so much resources. I would seriously be a millionaire right now. Old boy coming out, the old house in Louisiana, stuttering, wasn't the handsomest, wasn't nothing. But I did good for myself, but I made these bad decisions. If I just look at the marriages alone, the resources, some of the relationships I've been in, the, re, the, the, the resources that were squandered on stuff that wasn't conducive to who I am because even though I spent a lot of time by myself in that old house, I didn't really know myself because I was too young to know myself. I just knew what I, I, I just knew how I was. And how I was is, I like people, I like to talk to people, but I don't like people to invade, I don't want people in my head. I want to go out and I want to talk to folks, I want to go out and I want to laugh with folks. But when I come home, I want to be by myself. I want to be in my own head. My little projects, what I do around my house, that, that's peace to me. My home is my peace. Out there in the street, that's folks that you just deal with. That's folks that you learn with, your folks that you talk to. But my home has always been my peace. And when I let folks invade my peace, that's when I get all scatterbrained. You see, when I look at relationships, past relationships, along with marriage, it's been the same thing. You know, you get in it because of what? You get in it because of sex. That's all. That's all. But we have but we think that we have to conform to all these things. And what I mean by all these things is we conform that we think that we have to be in relationship. We have to live with someone if you're not going to be married with them. And you have to do all these kind of things. That's too much stress in life. 
That's why they say the men die before the women do. It's too much stress out here where I stay in my beautiful community. There's more women out here than men. Because all their husbands did. You talk to them, all their husbands did. A bunch of older women walk around with their little dogs early in the morning and in the evening time. Because all the men did. All their husbands did. Left them the money, but they did. And I'm sitting there in my garage looking at this. Because I talk to the old ladies. They come over and talk to me. Well, my husband passed so and so and so. I'm thinking to myself, well, shoot, I can't give you nothing, nothing from between my legs, old woman. I hear their stories. He did this kind of work. Change and conforming. You got me and I in relationship. And the only thing they enjoy about their relationships or their marriages is the past. The memory of what used to be. See, this is what holds people together when they get older. It ain't sex when they get older. What's keeping them together is the memory of the past of what you used to do. Or what that person used to be like. You see, it's like what my dad told me when I was a little fella. I was lifting them weights, getting big, and he see me. He said, boy, he said, the only thing that keeps you from jumping on me right now is the fear that I placed in your heart when you was younger. And he was right. If I had a notion to raise my hand and hit my daddy, which I never would, never could do, I still had that fear from respect to him that I would never even think to do that. This is something that, like I say, when you're married, you're married for all them years and your wife ain't getting you none, you ain't having sex and you're just like two folks in the house. But what you holding on to is the memory of what that person used to be, what y'all used to do. So y'all stay together and y'all go through it because y'all all y'all know. Too old to get out there and find something else you're figuring. So this is the way life, and ain't nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's the type of folks he is, that's the type of people he is, ain't nothing wrong with that. But you have to find, but you have, you have other folks like me that, hey man, once a month or every once two months, I'm cool, get my pipes cleaned out, and I'm cool. I don't want nobody in my house. I don't want nobody in my space. And this is what I say about like parents and young folks. Parents don't recognize their kids when their kids are young. See, because parents want to try to give the kids what they didn't have. Or parents don't even look at their kids or talk to their kids. Or parents just have kids just as a little money bag. But where is the parent that actually take the time to sit down with that kid and observe that kid 
and knowing and seeing what kind of personality my kid has. What does my kid like to do? What parent look at that kid and say, okay, that's the thing that I'm going to foster in my kid. How much do a parent these days really sit down and look at their kid and observe their kids? Not especially not these days because they're too distracted into these cell phones. And then the kids have cell phones. Parents don't even know their kids. But then parents want to get out here and try to tell the world how they should teach their kid or treat their kid when they don't even know their kid. I'm sitting here in my garage smoking my cigar and I'm thinking about this thing here, man. This just don't make no sense to me. You know, it's like when you're you know, you're like your own Star Trek. You're sitting at the helm. You're Captain Kirk. And then they and then they put that big old screen up and you can just see everything. Change. Conforming. There's a change coming. I'm telling y'all folks, y'all need to get prepared for it. See, I go back to, I was reading a story about the latest story that I was reading about the Industrial Revolution in England. See, when the machines, the manufacturing started rolling, they was doing everything manually by hand. You had to have all these, all these people. You know, they also had what you call company towns. You had that in the United States too. Company towns is company towns was like sharecropping. Where the company owned the whole town. Matter of fact, the little city where I'm in here, there's a part of town where you see there's a whole row of these little houses in this little town where I'm at. It looks so cool now, but there's a whole row of little like three bedroom little houses. They had a factory. I think they was making uh, charcoal. I think here at one time the big charcoal manufacturing, and they had got all these little houses over there. Those were company houses where the workers lived in those houses. The workers worked at, at, at that plant. Plant gave them a check, right? When they paid their rent, they gave their rent money. They paid rent to the company. See, those were company houses. And they also had, the company had stores. So when they went in there and shopped for their food and stuff like that, they shopped in the company store. Now, if they were short on money or something like that, they can all, uh, they, they, they can like what you call run a tab. Just like sharecropping. To where the company would deduct out they pay what they owe for rent and for some of the supplies that they bought. Then give them what's left because they live in company houses. Right here in the little town I am. It was called, it was called company housing. I look at in England. How England was a power. Y'all know England was a powerhouse. But then when things started to change. Especially to the manufacturing base. Where people, that puts a lot of people to work. First the machines came in. The unions tried to stop it. But you can't stop progress. You can't bring these machines. You're going to put people out of work. But you can't stop progress. 
manufacturing eventually left England and came where? It came to the United States. This was our industrial revolution. When now the slaves had opportunity to go to work into these big factories. And you had company towns all around the United States. Because the Rockefellers, because of rich people, the Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, invested in the United States. The oil moguls, textiles, had the company towns. America started booming. And why did America start booming? America started booming because the industries left England. Now I'm sitting in my garage. I'm thinking all this stuff here. Left England to come into the United States. You had things, something they call a metric system that manufacturing used over in Europe, still used today. When the manufacturing came over to the United States and we became a big manufacturing superpower, you had a thing called the American Standard of Measurement. The rest of the world had to learn the American Standard of Measurement if they wanted to buy American goods and fix American goods when American goods came to their country. Now what y'all are not seeing, the metric system, everything that you get in your household now is metrics now. There's the American standard is going away. See, I notice little things like that. The metric system, I, it was coming back. Now it's coming back bad. Oh, of course, because everything being made in Europe and in, and in China now. Those, those are metric systems that they use over there. Y'all can see, if you sit, you can, you can feel the manufacturing shift. Just like the manufacturing shift in England. How them folks felt. Or how they didn't feel because they didn't recognize the shift coming. They thought that they could save jobs by pressuring the government to bring jobs back to their country. Jobs, manufacturing never went back to England. Not in the capacity that it was before. Y'all think manufacturing come back here to the United States? A company can't put a plant in here in the United States without some environmental law, without some high union wages, without unskilled labor. People talking about jobs these days. We need jobs. No, you need skilled people. Do you have people that are skillful? You got kids coming out of college with a hundred thousand dollar debt and can't and, and can't, can't do anything but throw ping pong into a, a beer and play beer ping play beer ping pong. It was so embarrassing at work the other day. They asked me for some information. The engineer, I sent the information back to them. And they sent me an email back saying that they need clarification. Because the information that I sent them back was, it was in metrics. I'm thinking to myself, here you paid an engineer $60,000 coming out of college, $60,000 a year, First year out of college, and he can't read, he can't convert something from metrics? How stupid is we here in the United States? Engineer can't, can't convert something from the met. He can't convert gallons from metrics to gallons. He can't convert that. 
here we is all about we need more money, we need wages, we need jobs. The change is coming. Like Phil Collins said, I can feel it in the air. The change is coming. Like I say, while we dealing with all this COVID stuff, we shut our economy down for all these months, while the rest of the world keep going. Because remember, if somebody needs something from you, and you can't supply for five, six months, what they going to do? You think they going to wait for you to open back up? They going to go somewhere else and get it. And then when they go somewhere else and get it, they're probably going to get a better deal. So they're not going to need what you got no more. Do what y'all don't realize in this. Cause this was, yeah, when I say y'all is, I realize it, but y'all, your president, your politicians, your Black Lives Matter, your racists, your, your Antifas, all, all you... All you people out there that's helping destroy this country. What y'all don't realize is that you destroy, if you live in this country, you destroying your own country. The rest of the world ain't waiting while these politicians fight, pandering, trying to get Trump out of office and just kill the economy and clear the small businesses. People are changing around this country. You got to realize sometimes when you ain't the top dog no more. When you have opened the door for somebody else to supply what you used to supply. Change is coming. I always knew when I feel a change coming when it was time to move. That's why I was able to still hit a certain situations and environments. Told myself as a young man, I would never grow up in a place and then come back as an old man. That means I did anything with my life. If I never left the place I grew up in, I never did anything with my life. I never seen anything. Now, I know most people, they travel. But you travel and come back to the same the same thing that you grew up in? When the neighborhood was getting bad, I knew when it was time to go. If there was no opportunity in a place, I felt a change and it was time to go. Because believe it or not, we are people. We are nomads. We are animals. Animals move. They move with their opportunity. That's why the Indians follow the buffaloes and the herds because they, they knew the change in season. The buffaloes knew that we ate up everything here. It's time for us to, to move on and let that land grow back. Like I say, we're all animals. We just lost, we, we just have lost touch with the world around us. Now, if y'all notice, I didn't brought this all the thing all the way back. We are animals. We just has we just have lost our sense. Change is coming. The buffaloes eat up all the land, just all the resources that they can consume in that area. The Indians hunting the buffaloes because the buffaloes are healthy. 
because they've been grazing good. But now everything is, is the season is changing. So now the buffalo, the buffalo is about to leave, go somewhere else, the fertile land where they can graze. And the Indians pack up and the Indians chase them, move right there with them. But that land that they just left has to grow back and get healthy again. So when so when them buffaloes come back around again, and when, when the season bring them, that land had an opportunity to restore itself. And the Indians, they keep growing, they keep progressing. But we lost touch of that. We have got so settled thinking that everything going to be the same forever and forever and forever. Everything's going to be the same. Nothing going to change. Nothing in our neighborhood is going to change. Nothing in our lifestyle is going to change. Nothing in our marriages are going to change. Nothing with our kids are going to change. Here's a news flash for you parents out there. When a kid grows up, they don't give a damn about their parents or their kids. Or they or, or, or yeah. They don't, they, don't, they don't give a damn about their parents or their grandparents. Most people want to, older people want to be around their grandkids. Let me tell you, your grandkids don't want to be around you. Again, parents try to live through their kids. They don't want to be around old, especially with all this technology. Grandkids don't give a dang about grandparents. Just like kids don't, don't give a dang about, about, about their parents. Like the community here where I'm in. You know what happens here? When these old folks, some of these old people die, the kids come in from out of state somewhere and sell a place, sell a car for cheap and get, and get the money and get the heck out. Don't even come visit their parents. I've never seen that thing in my life where parents go visit the kids. Instead of the kids going to visit the parents. I always say to myself, shoot, if, 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 if I had kids and I'm spending more of my time going to visit my kid and I'm old and my kid coming to visit me, something wrong with this picture. And that's why the kids roll in when the parents die, sell everything and get out because they don't, they, they don't, they, they don't, they don't, they don't care nothing about, they don't care nothing about that. I be looking at this thing and say, man, it don't make no sense to me. I see this right here where I live. When these old folks pass away, the kids roll in. Because I talked to my neighbors all here. Yes, so and so passed. The kids came in and sold the house and they gone. I wonder I because I ride my bike all around this area. So I see the empty houses, the empty uh, condos rather. Or not condos, they're called villas. And then I'll be sitting out there and there's somebody coming, tell me, you know, what done changed in the community. And and it's always the kids riding in, selling the place and getting the heck out. We have to understand change. Nothing is going to stay the same. Nothing is going to stay the same. When you... If you're not migrating, if it comes to the point in time in your life when you're getting too old to migrate, look back at your life and you smoke you a cigar, you sit there and you say, man, you know what? I'm all right. Because we're not going to always be able to move with the buffaloes. 
but the people that don't move with the buffaloes, the people that just stay there after the after the land had been ravished. The buffaloes gone. The smart Indians who knew to move with the buffaloes, they didn't move. But the ones that's just sitting there saying, nope, the buffaloes going to come back. The economy is going to come back. My 401k going to come back. The stock market going to come back. Nope. Trump going to bring jobs back. Nope, nope, nope. You wait. You wait. The community going to get better. Somebody going to come in here and buy up all this old property and tear them builders down and build new prim. And you just sit there. You just wait. Wait. Wait where everything around you decays. The shift is coming. Things are leaving the United States. The people that's going to be left here are the people that's is waiting on the change. And the older folks who are too old to move. Who, hey, I only got a couple years anyway. I'm just going to ride it out. Nothing wrong with that, the older folks. You know, when you didn't move and you didn't, you, you, you didn't, been, you didn't got somewhere in life and, you know, now ain't no sense in moving because there's nothing else you want in your life. But when you're young, when you're young, you have to be able to move with the buffaloes. You have to be able to change. And now what I'm seeing with some of the young folks out here, they can't move with the buffaloes. They want to bring things back. A lot of some mid older folks, I mean younger folks who still can work, you know, in their like their forties, you know. You know, when you get in your fifties, you know, like me, you know, over fifty five is like, hey man, I can still move around, you know, when things time to move, I'm still gonna move. But, you know, I'm okay right now. Even though you're never okay. Now see, my definition is I'm okay right now, I mean that Trust me, I'm changing. I'm moving with the Buffaloes. Because I still like moving with the Buffaloes. I still can learn to something moving with the Buffaloes. But when you're young, you have to be able to see these things. You have to be able to change. I was watching this young fella. He got over, he said he's going to have over $100,000 in student debt when he leaves college. Now, we didn't got all these kids in student debt by getting them them doggone crazy loans. And when they come out of college, they can't even read, they can't even convert metrics American standard to metric. They can't even convert. They can't do no conversions. They can't tell you what 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 a gallon equates to in metrics. And these are kids that we hiring out of college. I see them. I talk to these engineers. I was thinking to myself. They ask me. They ask me. I was thinking to myself. Well, they just these folks are engineers. These young folks, engineers, they asking me questions. I'm not, I ain't know what school for no engineer. All my learning been job learning. And they depend on me. Now, how the heck y'all gonna pay these people thousands of dollars every year and they got to come to me for, for answers about their stuff? I don't understand that. I just, I do understand it, but I just laugh to myself. These are the people that we talking about opportunity these kids dumb as a bag of rocks but they got but but they got they got these degrees on their walls 
no common sense. What they teach y'all in school, in, even in engineering, and you went around and while the rest of the country is just, should I say country of the world? While the rest of the world is moving with the buffaloes. In the United States, we're still waiting on yesterday to come back. No, it's coming back. Laying ain't, I, it's coming back. Sitting in my garage smoking my cigar, I realized one thing. You got to move with the buffaloes. Ain't nothing coming back. At least not in your lifetime. Hold on there for a second here. Let me read this text. Texas news flash text, man. These things. They don't care what y'all be doing, man. We be then we gonna send these news flash texts to what this thing say here. What? Man, Governor Santos and just opened up the state of Florida. <laughs> Go on, Santos. Y'all, you didn't I didn't I didn't I tell y'all I had a feeling about change? I told y'all I can feel things in my bones. Look at here. Gus says here that Governor Santos then lifted this little COVID thing. Folk can go to restaurants. Man, look at here. See, man, this thing was killing Disney, man. Florida opened up because of Disney. Disney losing too much money, man. <laughs> what you say? Man, I tell you, man, it couldn't have came at a good, better time. Because me and my fellas, this Saturday, we going down to, we going down there to, uh, there's a new CI cigars open down there near Tampa in Lunts in Westchester down there. A couple of fellas went on Monday to check it out, scoped it out for us, did a little recon. Three of the, our cigar buddies, and they said it was nice. And usually on Tuesday we meet up at the restaurant out here where I stay, and they were talking about it. So, and I'm seeing here that Governor Santos he lifted up the ban, the COVID thing, and he said he's saying here that uh, you know he. He said that anything going down, the hospitals can handle it. And he said that, you know, in other words, in Florida, Florida, we's free. <laughs> what you say, Santos? Santos say even if the virus come back, he said he ain't shutting Florida down. Ain't that something I told y'all? Didn't I tell y'all when I first started this thing? I can always sense when a change is coming. And to me right here, I know a lot of folks going to detest it, but uh, this was the right thing to do. You know, these people all witchy way on this thing here, you know. They was talking about, you know, first shut thing down for 15 days. Then they went to a month. Then they went to two months. Then they went to three months. Now folks even talking about if it, even if there's a cure for the virus, Still gonna take a year, you know. These four time I'm just shutting our whole economy down for a year. 
just glad that there are smart governors around. <laughs> Republican governors. Oh, guard Santos. Now it's up to the counties to do what they're supposed to do and follow the governor's order. See, this is the way this thing's supposed to work. It's supposed to work from the state from the state level down. So you only get the federal government. Trump only supposed to get involved if somebody dropping bombs on our heads. If it's a national thing. See, the states are supposed to rule their states. You see, that's why Colorado can sell them little marijuanas, even though the federal law say one thing. The state still have state rights. Now, if the federal government gets mad and get a get a hindering on their shoulder, then they can go down there and do what they want to do in Colorado, stop them weed smoking things. See, them folks making too much tax money down there. Well, not so much tax money, just making so much money down there on them weeds. You know, but uh, I think this is a good thing here for the state of Florida because we got Disney down there. We got to get them kids back on them rides. You see what I'm saying? Or well, somebody else going to build something and them kids going to be riding in some other country. You see what I'm saying? Now, I like this movie Santos and just my opinion for them folks out there who say, well, man, it's gonna, the virus is going to spike. Well, let it spike. Let people go to the hospital. Let the hospitals make some money. Because, see, they cut the hospitals out a lot of money with this virus thing. Cut the folks out of a lot of hospitals out a lot of money. Hospitals closing down. So, like Santos say, the hospitals can handle it. If the spike, go, go to the hospital. And for the folks out here who think it's a bad thing, then you just stay in your house. You know, you can't, just because, you know, you feel the way you feel, you can't stop the country from moving the economy from going because you feel a certain way, just stay in your house. Don't go around folks. Don't let folks in your house. Like my neighbor over here, she was showing that she come out of the house for an afternoon to walk her little two little dogs. And she back in her house. She ordered everything online. Every day, UPS, fed one of them come to her house. I bet she got a whole heap of stuff in there. But that what she do. She stay in the house. She just stay from around folks. The lady on the other side of her, she goes to the store for her. She ride her bike up to public store and then ride her bike back in the community and put her stuff on the lonely lady front, Gary, ring the doorbell, and get off the lady poach. She pick her stuff up and go on in the house. Now, there ain't nothing wrong with that. She's an older lady. If she feels she want to do that, they do that. If you feel you want to go out to the bar and drink and stuff like that, then you go to the bar and drink and stuff like that. You know, the hospitals can handle it. Only thing viruses do is take the take the unhealthy and the stupid out the gene pool. That's all it does. The unhealthy and the stupid takes them out the gene pool. And if you're unhealthy, you stay at home to protect yourself. That's why you got a house. That's why you don't live under no sheet. Or that's why you don't live under no under any kind of little cover or anything like that. You live in a house, a sterile environment, and if your house is clean. <laughs> Unless you live in one of them houses like they be showing on cops. Y'all never notice how filthy people houses be on cops. It's a darn shame. And there be young folks too. Young folks. Houses be just so filthy. <laughs> I like that show, Cops War, I tell you. So what's going on? When I told y'all the change was coming. And before I can finish a little pot talk, ain't that something? Text came through Santos say, hey man, y'all open them restaurants up at full capacity. 
Y'all go on to the bar and have y'all a drink and socialize because we social creatures. We are social creatures because everybody ain't me, but we and I'm social. I like hanging out with my cigar buddies, but I like hang coming back home to my peace. It's called balance in life. See, most folks don't have a balance in life. You know, a little uh, earlier through the week, I um, my third wife. You know, when me and her was married before we got divorced, she had a she had her first granddaughter. You know, and thought I was gonna be a grandfather, <laughs> and I was looking forward to too. I spent like five hundred dollars bought a little baby, a baby bed, and all that kind of stuff, and got like millions of pictures of them. You know, that was my first grandbaby, even though that wasn't my biological. That was my first grandbaby by proxy. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we got a divorce, and I haven't seen a little gal in probably about, you know, three, four years, probably here now. And so, you know, I had decided that, you know, maybe I should just, you know, time has passed by, and I should just, you know, put all that behind. Because, you know, me and my ex-wife, you know, we do a talk occasionally when we see each other, just friendly. Now, at first I couldn't stand her, but, you know, man, I can't keep no malice in my heart, you know. So I had to just let all that stuff go. So I figured, you know, I'm going to rekindle my little, hopefully, relationship with my little grandbaby and, uh, you know, text my little ex-wife and everything. And she said, well, let me talk to her mom and pa. And the mom and pa came back and said, nah, I don't think that's a good idea because he's been out of her life for so long. He waited too long. At first, you know, I was like, interesting. But then I said, you know what, I understand, not a problem. You know, that's probably makes sense. Because these little guys developing now, and you don't want to confuse kids. Especially with somebody who's probably going to be in and out of their life. See, kids don't need that. Kids need stability. And so I was figuring to myself, because you know, I had a, you know, getting a little savings together for anything happened to me. I was going to make sure she had you know, a little savings, you know, I was going to save, you know, a little, had a little account for. But see, but now that her mom and dad decide that, which I think, again, I think it's the right do, right thing to do, because you don't need, you need stability in a kid's life. I think it's the right thing to do. So, I figure I'd take that little money that I was going to save for her and go get me a golf cart. <laughs> Shoot, I ain't mad, that's a cost saver for me. You know, I, I take that little money, go get my little golf cart February. I'm going to get my little golf cart February. Take that little money out of that account. I'm going to let her incur, you know, the little interest that it is getting, you know, until about February. Then I'll take it out. I'm going to go get me a golf cart. But, you know, I I wasn't mad at all because, like I say, kids need stability. And, you know, I know how I am. You know, I'm not going to be there every day, every week, you know. I got things to do. I ain't got no kids, you know. She my granddad by proxy. But that's okay, because like I say, you know, keep them chains off of me. Keep that off my head. I ain't got to worry about nobody calling me for nothing. And, you know, going to see this little event or doing this, you know. And shoot. All right with me. I ain't got no problem with that. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's okay. That's how life is. You know, y'all... We got to learn how to just keep going forward. You know, we're going to get sidestepped. We're going to get frustrated. 
got to keep going. You know, plus at the same time, I said to myself, shoot, that's just that's just one less baggage in my head. You know, that's one less thing I got to worry about. You see, because the only thing I do is a lot of times is, like I said, I compound my life. And that's what most folks do. You compound your life. And you wonder why you all stressed out. You wonder why, you know, things get foggy in your head. You wonder why your health go left. You know, you wonder why it's not because you compound your life. See, life ain't supposed to be this complicated. You know, back then when we were animals like the cavemen, the only thing that it was about was getting up every day and foraging for your food. See, that's what animals do. See, animals forage for their food. You know, that's what we did. That's all we had to worry about. We just had to worry about foraging for our food and keeping the next food food from taking our food. You know what I mean? If you go out there and you, you know, you kill your Baranosaurus, you know, you and your little fellas with spears, y'all been chasing this Baranosaurus down for about four days now. Until the Baranosaurus got tired, can't run no more. So y'all get y'all little spears and y'all go out there and y'all wait him out. When he get tired and go to sleep, then y'all kill him. Cut him up. But see, now you got to get that meat back home because you got all these, you may have somebody other tribes somewhere that's after y'all. So now you got to protect your food. So that was your only stress. Your only stress was foraging for your food and getting your food back home to eat it to your little, to your little tribe. I know that sound like what animals do, even today. Animals go out there and kill something. And they either got to eat that, eat it fast, or they got to try to find a way to drag it up a tree somewhere where they can get it out of other little animals' uh, area where they can't take their food. See, everything the same. See, the only difference is they is, see, we didn't compound our little situation. Instead of us getting up every morning, going out there hunting for our food or harvesting our food, we got to go out and then bring it back home. See, we get up and now we got to go to these artificial environments and make these little trinkets. Like on the Jetsons, these sprockets, you know, sprockets and hardware. We got to make these little gidgets. And then we got to wait for them folks to give us some money, you know. Then we got to take that little money and then we got to go buy us some food. You see what I'm saying? Then we got to bring our food home. And not just our food, but all these other little trinkets that we done made for everybody else. They turn around and sell right back to us. We got to bring ourselves home. Then while we out there, we got to make sure nobody don't knock us over our head to take our little trinkets or break into our house. But then, now with those uh, things that we got to do, now we compound it by, you know, all these responsibilities that we bring into our house. See, the caveman, the only thing he had was, he had was go hunting for his food, protect his food, and every now and then, you know, look over at, 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 at the one woman that's inside the cave and knock over here and bend her over like a doggy star, and do it to her, poop, 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 couple pumps, and then go back to sleep, and then go hunting the next day. You know, if they have a baby, they just add one to the tribe, and she was like a community gal. See, nobody was married to the caveman wasn't married. See, you know, you may have like, you know, uh, two, three fellas in the, in, the, in, the, um, in the cave, and one gal. She was a community gal, you know. 
everybody just took turns and run up in her because you got to make the family bigger. You know, now, it may have been a sister, it may have been a mother, you know, hey, it could have been. They maybe kept it in the family. They were kind of different back then, you know, and they had to make, they had to grow. Y'all know like Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve was probably two cavemen, a caveman and a cave woman. You see, when they had kids in their cave, they probably did to their kids. So they, hey, I'm just saying, man, y'all, that's y'all's story in that Bible. But they, I'm just saying, they, if it was like that, because where all the people come from, it was just two people on the earth where everybody else come from. You know, they had to be cave people. They had to be doing to each other. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's with y'all. I don't want you Christians coming after me. Not early in the morning here. But like I tell y'all, you know, we all animals. Only thing, you know, and, and I'll get, I give people an example of, you know, he say, oh, no, man, we ain't no animals, man. Let me tell you something. This coronavirus here didn't expose a lot of things. Not just the coronavirus down here in Florida. You let a hurricane come through. People hear about a hurricane come through. What they do? They run to the store and buy up all the food there is. They try to buy up all the gas. Matter of fact, the last hurricane came through here, Florida. I kind of observed people. You should have seen them at the gas station. They was like wild animals. You never seen so many people rude to each other, cutting in front of each other. This one lady came through. They almost sideswiped every car, including mine. Trying to get to that gas bank, cussing people out, flying. You can never, you learn what a people, what an animal or person is when the resources are low. When the resources are almost about to be uh, used up. It's all about self. It's all about self. It's not all about sacrifice for the community. If there was no laws, you would see what type of animals we are. When the coronavirus came, same thing. People wiping out everything. People weren't rude to each. People weren't nice to each other. Christians weren't nice to each other. People was rude to each other because people was trying to think about how can I survive, not how can my fellow person survive. That what animals do. Animals is about self-preservation. That's what all animal is is about self-preservation. And what keeps us, humanity, uh, sort of civilized is laws and penalties for breaking those laws. If it wasn't laws and penalties for breaking those laws, it would be people killing people. Just like you watch that show, uh, they had the three shows called uh, The Purge, where they just had one day where you can just go out there and do what you want to do. Now, you think that if you think there was a real purge, people wouldn't be doing that? People would be purging in a heartbeat. If a person can take one day to take their frustration out, to just go kill up all they can kill up in that one night, don't you think folks would do it? Because on that one night, you can break in the stoves, you can steal, you can do anything you want to do to anybody. But the rest of the year is peaceful. The rest of the world peaceful. Don't kill nobody. Don't do rob. Don't steal. Don't even do anything. It's going to be beautiful for a whole year. But we're going to give y'all one day to get y'all frustration out. And y'all just go out there and y'all just kill. Still do anything y'all won't do. Don't you think people going to do it? 
because we animals. And, you know, that's all we are. No, but. Look here, I'm going to get on off from here. Man, CI Cigars down here. And finally open up their new building down here in Lutz, Florida. And that's like I say, Lutz is down there. You know, right before you get to Tampa, if you're on 75. But it's called Westchester Exit. Me and my fellows, we going down there. I think the wives are going too. Usually when, usually when the wives go, they go off doing their little shopping, and we uh we gather at the cigar place and we hang out there for a few hours, and after that, then we all go to the lunch, the lunch somewhere. But it should be a good day. I'm really interested in seeing how this new cigar place look. I seen it on YouTube, and it looks really good. And the fellas been down there, they say it's really nice too. They say got a big, well, of course, CI cigars. You know, you can go online to see CI and get your cigars. But they finally built one of these state of the art cigar places down here in, uh, in Florida. And I'm thinking now that San, Santa, Governor Santos, he didn't lift this thing here. I'm thinking, man, it's going to be, it's going to be nice down there. I'm thinking folks going to be out. So I'm going to make sure that I have on my rod shirt and make sure that I have my teeth brushed and uh, have my hair called right. <laughs> Maybe some old gals down there. And you know, it's like I ain't say no little gal. I say old gal. I don't like no little young gal. I like my women old. I like my women seasoned with a little meat on the bones, too. <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you. Oh. Not me personally with this virus thing. One thing that I see that good that came out of it is these face masks. I, I mean, I show like people wearing face masks all the time myself, especially when I go to restaurants. You know, because I don't like to be smelling people's breath. And if I know I like, I like to be smelling people's breath, people breathing all in my face, spitting all in my face. I know when I talk, I'll be doing the same thing. So this thing kind of shine a flashlight on myself. And I kind of like that, you know. The air is a whole lot cleaner. You know, you should just wear the face mask over your mouth. You know, so you can breathe out your nose. I think now that's, now that's probably a good idea right there. Kind of keep the world clean. Especially people having that bad breath. I know one time I came with the problem. period here, I had that little bad breath because I had that acid reflux that what they call it, Chernobyl or something like that. But I like the face mask part. You know, even though San, Santos lifted the restriction, I still think people should wear their face masks underneath their nose. Especially people that work in these restaurants, you know, these waitresses and stuff, because they, they be spitting all in the food when they be talking. You know, I noticed that. So I think it's good that Santos did what he did. But at the same time, I think face masks underneath your nose, covering your mouth, I think that that thing that still should be in place. You know, waiters too keep keep people from breathing all and spitting all into your drink and your food when they brings it over. You know, also keep the world clean, keep people bad breath off you, and keep your bad breath off of other folks too. 